Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hello again. It is Crew Call here on Motor Racing Network. So glad you joined us as we go into the garage and talk to the men and women behind the wrenches. Steve Post, pit reporter for Motor Racing Network, joined by 25-time race-winning crew chief and a championship-winning crew chief as well, Todd Gordon. How are you, man? How's it going? I'm great. Good, good. I'm looking back at the ve- at the at the race at Vegas, and uh, I do a lot of affiliate calls during the week, and they're like. You know, I can't imagine what that's like to be that crew chief. That crew chief, like Ben Bayshore was, leading the race, counting down the laps, and the caution comes out. I call it the sitting duck. Todd, I know you've been there. What's it like being a sitting duck crew chief? Yeah, definitely. was there in 2020 uh, leading the race when uh, caution came out with a handful of laps. I think less than uh, less than 10 left. Not a green-white checker, but less than 10 left and. uh uh, we were leading. Alex Bowman was second. Both of us had passed Joey Logano, and uh, and you know you looked at it, and we came down, took four tires, and Joey stayed out. Paul made a, pr- a pretty ballsy call at that point, yeah. from what I thought, but uh, they won the race, and we didn't. So um, it's it's a tough situation because you you hate with a car that's driven to the lead to to leave that one out there is like the, the sacrificial lamb. You don't yeah. want to, you don't want to not be aggressive. So you, you think put tires on it, let's go, let's, let's be aggressive. But, uh, um, you know, that at a place like Vegas, that doesn't have a ton of fall off and does refire decently that some people will make that call. And, and I, as I watched the race this weekend, I was surprised not to see somebody from 10th on back stay out just right. to try to cycle themselves forward. If you, if you lead the first lap and a caution comes out, you may steal a win. Um, but was not surprised at all to see the two-tire call come from three cars. I, I thought it'd be more, but uh, it's tough when you're leading not to not to put four feel goods on it and let your driver go do his thing. Because the problem is, it's not only what you need for your car. That really is just one factor of it. It's trying to figure out what every other crew chief up and down pit road is doing. Yes, that's the that's the that's challenge the to challenge. call on a race is is not only what you want to do, but anticipating what others will do. And and we've had this several times where you you go through a you know you go through a, a strategy and you think about where is this going to lead and where does everybody else play? You know, the competition cautions at times two tires will play, but there's a lot of guys that won't do it. So you can kind of bias yourself towards understanding that 85 to 90 percent of the field's going to do the safe call and, and you make that call accordingly and and those are the things late in the race you know the 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 benefit the risk reward return is bigger for somebody who's back if you've run 8th to 15th mm-hmm. all day long you're not going to drive from 8th to 15th on the same strategy as everybody else so um that's when a when a crew chief especially with a green white checker because you've only got to hang on for two laps right uh, and and, and maybe one, one right yeah. so uh, the the reward is big for the risk taken there, and and that's one that uh, you know, it, as you said, the leaders are sitting duck in that one because it's tough to take a car that's driven to, from the back in a backup car. Yeah, that's the other thing the with lead. Kyle's situation there. They've driven forward all day long, 
and to say, I'm going to, I'm going to put you at a deficit, only put you on two and see if you can hang on to it. That's, that's a tough call to make. Yeah, absolutely. Now, so let's take it to the other side of that. You're riding along, whether you're riding in second spot or whether you're riding in eighth or 10th. And it's like, okay, well, this is going to be a second place finish. Let's hang on, not finish third. And that caution comes out that that's got to be, that's just got to be new life. It, it is. It is, especially and you look at it and, uh, you know, that puts it on, if you're second, third, fourth, you're looking at, okay, let's put it on our pit crew's shoulders. Yeah. Especially if you've got a good pit crew that's 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 had great opportunities. This is when the, what they thrive for. So you come down pit road and see if you, your pit crew can cycle them out in front of, of, of the leader, and, and then you're in control of the race. But um, like I said, I was surprised to not see somebody around 10th. Yeah, stay out. Stay out. Just to get the front row. And, mm-hmm. and see if they can hang on to it. Yeah, no doubt about it. And Greg Ives and Alex Bowman are those that do well. Uh, Greg has done that before. I'll never forget Richmond last year. He did he did it, and he but but they, they weren't good, and and he made just the right air pressure adjustment for two laps, and Alex went from third to the lead and, and won that race. Yes, and and also Greg is in the same boat that I was. He was one of the victims of that That's 2020 right. race at Vegas. So his. His notebook's very defined about, I came and got tires with a car that was running down the leader. One of the two of us was going to win. We both yeah. came and got tires and we right. got beat. Yeah. So so it's it's in his notebook. It's it's vivid memory. It's if burned this, into him. If this, then that. Yeah. yeah. So, so at that point, you know, he's very aware of the strategy call can make can be a winner here. Yeah. Neat stuff, that's for sure. And uh, congratulations to Alex Bowman and our buddy Greg Ives winning that race out at Las Vegas Motor Speedway. We're going to have a lot of fun here today on Crew Call. We're going to talk some truck series racing. Danny Stockman, he picked up the win at Vegas as well with his driver Chandler Smith up at Kyle Busch Racing or Kyle Busch Motorsports. And we'll talk to Danny Stockman next. The NASCAR season is here and Toyota Racing is looking for clashers. Did you clash at the Coliseum with your favorite Toyota drivers? Clashing with the HOA who won't let you carve bell number 20 into your lawn. Or maybe your Tyler Reddick shirt clashed with your pants while meeting the in-laws. If you're a clasher, then we want you. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Welcome back. You know, this week is Root Insurance Week on MRN. Hey, race fans, Root Insurance does car insurance differently. They're saving good drivers money on car insurance without the mascots. Get the app today, Root, for good drivers. So glad that you have joined us here on Crew Call. Todd Gordon and Steve Post, and let's go to the Zoom line. Joining us from up at Kyle Busch Motorsports, my buddy Danny Stockman's in the house. Hello, Danny. Welcome back to Crew Call. Good morning. Glad to be here. Hope you guys are doing good. We are doing well, Danny. Um, the importance 
of getting a win early in the season. You guys picked one up on Friday night at Las Vegas. How important is that for you and your young driver and everyone there at KBM? Super important. I mean, it's uh, half the battle in this game is confidence. And uh, whether you're a driver, a crew chief, a, a, a team guy, um, you got confidence in, in what you're doing. And um, we unloaded at Vegas uh, really, really close and didn't really have to do much and didn't even make one adjustment in the race. So the confidence is high at KBM right now. The, all three trucks ran really good. Um, we were all on contention to win, and um, Chandler stole it from the boss man. That was pretty awesome. That's, that's really cool. Does that change how you approach calling races for, for your particular team now that you've got that win? Yeah, for sure. I I kind of made a – bad call on Friday night. I, I wanted to win that first stage, just to get a stage point. Um, and I stayed out and I know better than to give up track position and, I uh, gave up track position. Luckily our truck was good enough to get back up to the front. But, uh, I think now you'll, you'll see me, you'll see me not have to worry so much about, about some of this stuff. And, um, you know, it's, whether you're cup race and truck race and whatever it is, it's track position is the most important thing at the end of the day. And if you have that, it makes your job a lot easier. And, um, you know, winning a race, second race of the season, you don't go on cruise control, but your uh, stress level is a little bit lower knowing that, that you can just race to race and um, points don't really matter right now. I think sometimes that makes you maybe more dangerous because you can just race – for yeah. the for the end of that race, you're not you're not you're not fighting that battle that you fought during the race with stage points and what I need to do here. Yeah, for sure. And I, you know, I I don't know if you'd say I'm dangerous, but I, if you look at Chandler the last seven races, I mean, I call that pretty dangerous. He's uh he's hit a he's hit a different gear and uh, has a whole new level of confidence right now. And um, this team's just working really good. This is the same team I've had since I started at KBM. This is my third season here. And um, it's been fun. I mean, it's trying to get everybody to gel together. You guys know that the team, that the team gel is, is super, super important. And the communication between um, crew chief and engineer and driver are super important. Um, I, I got a new engineer halfway through last season and it's just, uh, business has picked up. It's, it's, it's a pretty awesome feeling. Danny, you, uh, you've had an opportunity to work with several young drivers through your career. Um, what's it take to develop them into winners like you've done? You know, it's a lot of work. Um, that's one of the reasons why I came back truck racing with Toyota is to develop young drivers. I have, I don't know if I have a knack but I like it a lot. I like to develop the drivers. I like to work with them. They're so hungry. They work really hard. And once you, once you, you work with these young kids and realize the work ethic that they're able to put in behind it, and then you've worked with the guys that have already made it, it's just a lot more fun. Um, these guys, uh, they're trying to make it. So they're trying to, they're trying to do everything right. They listen, they don't talk back all the stuff that me and you've had to deal with over the years. <laughs> um, it's just a lot more fun. Um, and when you, when you win with a young guy that doesn't have any experience, the, the, the rewards of the feeling that I get to win with, with a guy like Chandler Smith to beat Kyle Bush is, I mean, that's the best feeling in the world. I mean, um, just kind of like, you know, 
just a really good feeling. And uh, if you win with Kyle Busch, it's you're expected to win. You know, it's not that big of a deal. But when you beat when you beat um, a Cup driver with a rookie, I still consider him a rookie. He's 19 years old, but it's just uh, it's a feeling like you've never had before. Danny, you and I chatted last fall here on Crew Call, and uh, we talked about Chandler racing everything, every time. And you talked about his confidence. Three truck series wins in the last seven races, but there's also a little snowball derby win in there in a super late model car. How important has that been that even when he's not running the truck series, that that, that he's out there still learning his craft? And and how do you follow along, and, and, and how much do you guys talk about that form of racing? Yeah, a lot. I mean, this weekend he's going to the Rattler in South Alabama to run uh, uh, a big super late model race. And that's what he does. I mean, if he's not truck racing, he's super late model racing. Um, I've been working on trying to get him uh, some Xfinity rides, trying to get him in some of that because I feel like him racing every weekend is super, super important. And what I've noticed, truck racing, you kind of – I don't know. I, I I don't mean this in a bad way, but it's kind of like country club racing. And um, you, it, it's hard to stay in a rhythm. It's hard to stay in a groove. The pace is so much different than what I've been used to over the years. And um, I want him staying busy. I want him staying active. And I want him in a seat, whether it's in a super late model, a truck. He's been going weekly to GoPro next door at the Go, GoPro Motorplex. Um running a lot of laps and in, in shifter carts. And um, I think it's all just super important, staying in the seat, keeping your reflexes in, in tune and, um, you know, just, just wearing them out, keeping them busy. They don't need to be sitting at home. They don't need to be running them up. They need to be working on, on their craft. And, and that's what he's been doing. So for everybody out there, including myself, um, you know, you're definitely a racer uh, before your RCR days. What's your racing background? So I grew up actually racing go-karts and quarter midgets since I was five years old, um, all the way raced go-karts all over the country till I was 16, raced super late models and, and such till I was about 19. And then at 19, I moved to Las Vegas to work for Orleans racing for, uh, Michael, uh, and Paula gone, uh, Brendan gone was our driver. And I worked with Steve Park and Brendan gone. Worked there for four years, um, and then I moved to um, North Carolina and worked to work for Kevin Harvick, which was a hero of mine growing up. And um, I was with Ron Horn today for four seasons, and we just won a lot of races, a um, couple championships, and then I went to, to RCR to be Austin's crew chief, and then the rest is history. Championship with Austin in the Truck Series, championship in the Xfinity Series. I was thinking about the two of you guys, and I actually joked around with you while we were setting up the Zoom call here. Todd took four years at Clemson University to get an engineering degree. Might have been six, but... Might have been six, okay. Um, You took a little bit different pack. You went to Las Vegas and hung out with Brendan Gaughan. Um, A little bit different tack there, but, but, but how important was that training and, and, and that schooling that you got in those early, uh, early days, Danny? So... Like one of the funny, this is, I've told the story a few times, but I don't know how much time we got. This might take a little bit, but it's, I feel like it's a pretty cool story. Go for it. So my, I'm a, I'm a third generation racer. My, my dad did this pretty much for a living, like on a Saturday night level. Um, he built chassis. My grandpa 
drove for Vic Edelbrock in the 40s and 50s, uh, midgets and sprint cars. Um, he attempted the Indy 500 in 1957. Is that correct, G? I believe that's correct, 57. Um, so I'm third generation. All I know is race cars, whether it's go-karts, late models, trucks, anything that has four wheels on it is what I do. It's what I enjoy to do, um, whether I'm doing this or or RC racing. Anything I do, it has to do with racing and being competitive. So when I was probably 12, 11, around that age, I started back then we had a, a magazine called Circle Track Magazine. And my family used to get it in the mail once a month. And in the back of the Circle Track Magazine, there was um, – books that you can order, you know, chassis related books that you can order mm-hmm. from Steve Smith Autosport. I believe that was Steve Smith was the author. And I'd have my mom order me all those books. And I like, like kids would read, you know, goosebumps books or whatever they did when they were kids. Well, when <laughs> I was a kid, I'd go to bed reading Steve Smith books, trying to learn how to make these cars go. And, um, I've read probably every one of them as a, as a teenager. And that's where it all started. I mean, my dad was very smart, chassis smart, good with the roll center and all that stuff when it really mattered a lot back in the day. And he taught me that stuff growing up and I've kind of just really enjoyed it. I I enjoy all the technical sides of, of, of the sport. And um, I've really enjoyed learning the, the engineering side of it and, and headed in that direction. Um, If I could do it over again, I might go to school and uh and even be better at the engineering side but i'm pretty happy with uh where i've landed and it's been it's been a good ride so far and i i still come to work every monday morning enjoying to be here and uh that's what's important in life yeah definitely you don't you don't have to go to school to get an education and, and I, you're, you're you're living proof of it you can you can do the work yourself I, and 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 likewise i got those same circle track magazines really so and, the same. And saw the same books <laughs> in the back so um i've been down that path as well uh, really really good kind of grassroots understanding of uh when i started racing uh just trying to understand more about it from the book side of it from yeah. somebody who was a racer so i've read those yeah, same it was books crazy. like i would like memorize those books and then we go to the racetrack and i'd be telling my dad let's do this let's do this you know and it, it was just a pretty cool way of, of going about it. I just kids these days, I don't think they're interested in this stuff anymore, but uh, there are some I'm sure, but for the kids listening, I mean, take it in. Yeah. Read. Yes. You know, it, it's important. Take the time to become educated in something, yeah, right? In something. Exactly. Find, find your passion and find things about it. So, Hey, um, okay. I, I, I got to ask this one, but, What's it like to work for a person as competitive and focused as Kyle Busch? So I worked for RCR for 10 or 11 years and I started there and worked my way up to being a a cup crew chief for Austin Dillon. And I dealt with a lot of um, adversity as far as um, blood's thicker than water through the years mm-hmm. we were competitive there was years we were very competitive there was years we were winning a fair amount of races and then towards the end when i decided you know what i think i'm ready to go cup racing i got to a point to where the pressure of dealing with blood's thicker than water got to me a little bit so 
about halfway through the season, I got to thinking about what I wanted to do in my career. And what was important to me was not being um, at the highest level of, of the sport. I, to be honest with you, it wasn't even about that. It really got to the point to where it wasn't about the money anymore. What was important to me was about performance and winning races and wherever I could land and whatever I could do to go to a place to win races and be with a manufacturer that put in as much effort as that as that I felt that needed to be put in to be competitive, right? Mm -hmm. So I had a few opportunities to go to a, a few different places and a few different manufacturers. And at the end of the day, I wanted to be with Toyota. And I felt like Toyota puts puts a huge amount of effort into their program. And um, Kyle Busch is a very sore loser, and so am I. Um, and I just think it fit. And um, there's nothing more important to me, to Kyle Busch, to the people around here, than, than winning races. And I felt that was going to be the best fit for me. Yeah, not, not, a, not a bad thing at all. And speaking of Toyota, uh, new truck this year. How's that been? Yeah, that's been uh, that's been a fun project. We've been working on it for a while, and um, I think you can see um, you can see how fast these new uh, Toyota TRD Pros are. Uh, even at Daytona, I think we we had the top I don't know six or eight trucks qualifying, and this last weekend I think Zane was pretty good, but but the you know the top ten was was mainly Toyotas and. The effort, I mean, it's it's just so crazy. I I worked with Chevrolet for so long, and and you think the effort that that some people are putting in is great. And you have all the tools that you need, and then you go do something else. It's like holy cow! Like this is what we're racing against, and um, it's pretty awesome. I mean, I I I have so much so many tools that I that I get to use, and it's it's so cool to be to have all the people and, and have all the effort that, that Toyota puts into our program. And um, you can see that, that they perform. One of the things we had talked about last year on crew call was how good Chandler was doing with, with no practice. You guys are just showing up and rolling off the truck. Uh, we're back to practice, not a lot of practice, but a little bit of practice. We're early in the season. I know Danny, but, but how has that impacted the way things have gone for you guys on the weekend, learning the new truck and, and getting further acclimated with your driver? It just it's just another level of confidence is all it is, Steve. It's uh, from uh, something as simple and and Todd could could touch on this too. It's something as simple simple as on my end, just making sure that the heights are right, right? Like mm -hmm. when yes. you don't have any practice, there's so much that people that don't understand of what goes into this, and uh, making sure that your heights are right are. <laughs> uh, Todd probably knows just as much as I do. Like we stress about this stuff. It's something so stupid and so simple that people think, but it's really not. And there's so much that goes into these tools to make sure everything's right. And then from the driver's side of things, being able, you know, you fire off on the green flag and you go into turn three wide open and you, you don't have any experience in this racetrack. That's tough to do. So, when he can go out there for, for 20 minutes and, and get a good feel for it, and we make a, a few little minor changes, he started the race with the utmost confidence that I've seen anywhere we've been. So um, it's huge. Um, it's huge for the young guys coming in. It's been tough 
these last two years with no practice with this kid. I mean, he had he, his uh, he was the top end of of you know the next talent, but it's taken until halfway last through year to show that because he's really really good, but with no practice and these guys not knowing the air and how these things react. I mean, it's difficult. Yeah, races races ended up being where you learned, right? You didn't get any practice exactly. time to do it. You have to learn during the race. And, huh. and to your point, yeah, it's asking a guy that's never seen a racetrack that tell him this. That, and I went through this in 2004 with Michelle Jordan. We went to Atlanta. Andy Houston, you, you worked around Andy, but uh, he, yep. uh, he was spotting for me. And he told Michelle, he said, bush car around here, you can run wide open. And like lap one, Michelle, IndyCar guy. So he was, he was all good with it. Right. Wide open. We were like top two or three on the board. Wow, I, uh, but that's to ask somebody to do that. It's crazy, and and, and to your point, ha, it, that was practice, right? You're asking him to do it in a race while he's got thirty trucks right behind him. That that's that's to get some practice. I can totally see that. Totally see that. And the, the trucks, they they punch such a big hole in the air. They are the, probably the most aero sensitive race car truck that I've worked around, just because they punch such a big hole and. They do, they will mess you up in a heartbeat. You get on somebody's door in a truck, it's oh. like all over. And Chandler's had to deal with that, you know, three or four times where somebody got on his door and he spun out and wrecked the truck. But it's taken till now. He knows what to do now. And without no practice, it's just been it's been a bear for these young guys for sure. So we talk about the aero dependency of those trucks, and um, you know, coming off a mile and a half win at Vegas. And, you know, a lot of momentum, a lot of wide open throttle time. But uh, let's look forward. How's the reconfiguration in Atlanta change how you race Atlanta or, or that? Does it become a mile and a half race for you like everything else? Or does it have some speedway tendencies? What do you see out of Atlanta coming up? Yeah, I, uh, I'm i not very – I'm not looking very forward to Atlanta. <laughs> It's um, it was a really fun racetrack before, and I realized that they had to make some changes. But um, you remember in 2019, Todd, when we were starting the season out, and we were running all these simulations because we were trying to figure out what car we were going to take to what track, whether it was a hybrid. A, yes. Uh, yes. Uh, yeah, that's where we're at right now. So <laughs> I'm not going to get too involved in it because I think I might have a little bit of an up on some of this. But you, you got to it, – it's it's an in-betweener there. It's It might be more lean towards one way than an in-betweener. But the problem is is that these guys race in a pack, and it's a big pack. They're not going to get spread out. So you got to have downforce on the thing to be able to drive them side by side. So at the end of the day, that's what's most important is the race. You can have all the speed in the world, but if you can't drive them in the pack, it, it don't do you no good. So um, – I got a funny story in, in 2019. I I had uh, the high up bosses talk me into taking a speedway car to the old Atlanta. Ooh. And God, that thing was really, really fast. Yep. And uh, I think we sat on the pole by by a little bit and we'd run about 20 laps and the anchored fall out and we probably went a couple laps down. But um And at yeah, all those race and at all those racetracks, I qualified like twenty fifth with Joey and we'd drive to the front. Exactly. So it it's it's one of them deals. And the other thing we got to think about is how short these races are. Um, there's usually quite a few cautions. We don't run long green flag runs. So it's all that stuff that we got to look, look into. And, you know, it, it's, um, 
a chess match. That's why this stuff's fun. Yes. It's never the same. We're, we're always working on something. And um, that's what I enjoy about our sport and what I get to do for a living is nothing is ever the same. We've got a new challenge going to Atlanta. And who's going to adapt to it the best? That's what's important. There you have it. When you get done with that, then you go road racing at Coda. So, <laughs> yeah, now, I love that. Yeah, I love that stuff. Yeah, well, maybe it'll be dry down there too. You know, so yeah. what a concept. Oh, that be... <laughs> yeah, that'd be nice, Danny. Before we get out of here, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna introduce your and my religion into this a little bit, Todd. So you may, you, Todd, you may this may rub off on you a little bit. Uh, one of Danny and my religions is kind of our health kick, and uh, you had shared with me, and I and I and I, you had shared with me, Danny, the 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 awakening you had after the Roval in 2018, and. As I was thinking about it afterward, the awakening I had was 2018. So fall of 2018, two big guys, two larger guys, dare I say fat guys, decided to change our lives. And so, and we've shared about this in the pits and we shared about it on our crew call last year. Uh, How's the journey going? How's the, uh, how's the road life like? How's the eating like? Everything's still good. You still, you're still preaching the message, are you? Yeah, same deal. I've, uh, I've preached the message probably i mean at least 10 or 12 people that have lost like 60 to 100 pounds each and it's just it's awesome to to see uh the results that these people get and it's not difficult nothing in life is difficult if you put your mind to it and you really want to do it yeah and uh that's what it's all about if you really want something go out and get it i wanted to lose weight i was tired of being 300 pounds I wanted to start uh, getting in shape. I, I, I turned 40 years old this year and um, I don't want to be able, I don't want to go snowboarding and not be able to make it down the hill. And that happened to me too. I forgot to tell you that post. We'll talk about that some other time, but <laughs> you can't make it down because you're so wore out and so tired because you're fat. And yeah. uh, I was getting tired of that and I wanted to get healthy. And um, here we are today. We're still on it. Keto. Um, I try, I, I had some, uh, cholesterol is a little bit high so i've been kind of laying off so much of the fatty stuff and kind of going more lean yeah and more gluten-free style um so but it's all good it's all good long as i fluctuate about 10 pounds do you yeah um i had one of those breakthrough moments i walk into mrn every monday and there's a scale back in uh in one of the in, in one of the men's bathrooms here there's a scale and I walk in every Monday, drop my stuff in my office, and go to the scale. And this past Monday, the number was lower than it's been probably in fifteen or twenty years. That's so, awesome. and I feel feel yeah, great. That, yeah, that's perfect. It's phenomenal. It really is. Um, just crazy. So there we go. We're our, our religion. That's our little church service here because uh, uh, when we get started, in the there there was someone someone walked up to you in the garage at Daytona. I was sitting there talking to your truck driver, your 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 transport driver, and someone walked up and said, "How did you lose all the weight?" And I said, "Oh, this poor guy is getting ready to get religion right here." You know? So, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. cool. No, Good that's stuff. Really cool. It really almost cool. turned. I told you before, it turned into a hobby. Yeah, man. it is. It, it it is a hobby and it's trying different things. My daughter, um, and this this is this is something that I would never ever have dreamed. My daughter went to India and to become a yoga instructor, and I've now last night took my fifth yoga class. And now that's not <laughs> well, a visual. That's a sight to see. Yeah, no, exactly. Now, now we don't need to put that visual out there. But the stretching and the when I get done with it, I feel spectacular. And so that's to your point. That's the hobby. 
of let me try this, let me try that, yeah. let me try this, and it's just become it's it's just become awesome. It, it's it's just amazing. It really is. And your message okay, is now. Go ahead. Now that we're not, I got some questions for Todd now. Okay, go I, ahead. I want to I want to put one thing before one you thing put the and question, then you, and then it's your turn for Todd. Because I, I want to build on it. But the comment you made is is a life lesson. Is you find something you want to do and put your head to it, yeah. you'll be successful. And that can go right. for weight loss. It can go for how you and I got to be crew chiefs. It's it's I've I've been asked that question several times, but. If you'll focus on what you want to do yeah. and find the opportunity in front of you and make the most of it so you can make the next one, you're going to be successful at whatever it is. Whether it's weight loss, getting back in health, and I've done a little bit of that, I'm at this level to you guys. But since I've been off the road, I've got a routine for it. But uh, but that's that's a great it's a great lesson for everybody out there listening. Awesome. All right. All right now, I, still got, did, I still got goals that I'm – I ain't done yet. I got goals that I want to achieve that I'm still trying to chase. So um, – you know, the last goal was to get back to winning races and we're doing that. Now I got more goals and that's what I'm working for still. So you got to keep goals in your life. If you don't have nothing to chase, then you're just going to get lackadaisical. And to me, that's not what it's about. So, okay. So my questions to Todd are <laughs> how in the heck, okay. Racing cup, as long as you did at the level that you did, it's pretty stressful. It's pretty intense. Mm-hmm. You don't have much of a life. What, like, what made you decide that uh, it was time to be done? You were still winning races. You're still running good. Yeah. It was. Um, it's just. It's got to be kind of a hard decision to make. Or, or if you set your mind to something, you were just done. I well, don't here, know. That's why I'm here, to your point. I mean, I, I and I'll, I'll, I'll preface this back. Won a championship with Joey Logano. Got an opportunity to work with Ryan Blaney for a couple of years. Ryan's going to win a championship. Uh, he is. I, I have no doubt in my mind that kid's got the right. talent to. He's. I've said this to Joey too. He's the most talented race car driver at Team Penske. Right. I mean, wow. Joey's Joey's work ethic's phenomenal, but Ryan's just raw talent. Ryan's Ryan's got a lot of talent, um, and he's and his work ethic's coming to it, and, and you're seeing that coming. Um, so was it difficult in, in that respect? Yes, when you look at those numbers. But we went through COVID. And we took a break, and we got to be home. And, and while I was home, my, my daughter from Clemson had to come home and homeschool. So I got to be home at the house with my sophomore in college and my sophomore in high school, my two kids. And, and I really got uh, – I really realized, to what you talked about, you got no life outside of racing, I realized how much I'd shortcome my family mm-hmm. to chase yeah, my dreams. Me, I don't have no kids or nothing because of it. I, I and I'm with you, but but your yeah. kids your kids are Chandler, <laughs> right? And and that's part of probably what makes you really good is that you 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 raise those those young drivers like kids. But um, I realized how much I shorted my my family to chase my my passion. Yeah, and and I I've been successful and I've done a lot of things and I didn't obviously I'm doing this right and I'm doing some MRN stuff so I'm not totally out of the sport but I needed to get to a point where. My life wasn't controlled by my job, and I could actually make my family a priority again. And, right, and that's yeah. when, when you, when, when, and the realize, realization to me was when I'm 75 years old, Team Penske's, I, I love them, but Team Penske's not going to care what's going on with Todd Gordon at that point. Right. Yeah. But sure. my family will. Right. So I, right. I needed to get back to my family. That was the reason I did it. There well, you I, I, I know you like to fly airplanes, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm actually in a little withdrawal that. because I, I don't have racetracks to fly to now. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I understand. Well, it was very good talking to you, Todd. Like I said, you're you're one of the guys I looked up to growing growing up because I knew your story and um you you just didn't start at the big time you worked your way up and i I think that's pretty cool yeah it's it's how we all have to tell people that you can do it right you did same thing you you walked in the door at brendan gons and yeah the thing i get out of this when you told the story is you've you've been with winners every place you've been which is really cool that is cool yeah i try to try to try to surround myself with that i ain't i ain't done i still want to make it to the top and get to the right right uh, situation and hopefully have a shot to win a, a cup race someday but Hopefully that time comes. Well, keep doing where you're at, where you're at, and you're probably probably uh, things will things will point in the right direction. Danny, um, it is always a pleasure to chat chat with you here on Crew Call. Chat with you in the garage. Can't wait to catch up with you again. But thanks for the time here on Crew Call. Thank you guys. Let's have a good uh, good week, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Hopefully, guys. Thank there we you. go. Thanks, Danny man. Stockman joining us up at Kyle Busch Motorsports. Always love chatting with Danny. Yeah, he, he's just yeah, really genuine, genuine good guy, real and, good guy, and all the right focuses. Yeah, and he brought some of that stuff up. I think uh, there's great lessons out there for uh, for people listening because says the same, preaches the same things I do. Yeah, you know, it really it, does. It, it does. It's really cool. Love love chatting with him. That's for sure. Race fans, you're probably tired of car insurance ads with like talking animals or whatever. At Root Insurance, they do car insurance differently. Their app gives you smarter rates where your actual driving is the number one factor. Good drivers end up saving money, like up to $900 a year, in fact. That's not too shabby. Maybe you'll miss the talking critters, but Root doesn't need a mascot to save you money. Root, for good drivers, over 1.5 million drivers insured, download the Root app today. More Crew Call in just a moment. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. It's Crew Call here on Motor Racing Network. Again, just love catching up with our, our guys and gals in the garage area. Danny Stockman joining us here. Todd Gordon and Steve Post. Uh, Todd, we are headed to Phoenix this weekend, the Valley of the Sun. What's your, uh, what are you going to be looking at uh, as, as we roll into Phoenix this weekend? Yeah, definitely be interesting to see how this next-gen car races there. The, some of the pieces that are different. Uh, talk to a few guys about it. As low as we run these cars, 
and and the back and the front and the hard stops that NASCAR has on them. I'm I'm wondering how the dog leg, how the dog leg's going to be. Think about that. Yeah, yeah, hitting those hitting those aluminum wear blocks that are underneath them or or down on the shock stops. It's it's going to be interesting to see how that works out and how aggressive that is. Had a conversation with Ryan Blaney Monday night on on late shift and uh and he said by far I'm not going to be the first guy to do that. I'm going to let somebody else do it. <laughs> we uh we try to kill a couple of that at the at the test and it's pretty abrupt. So. Um, that'll be one. The brake system on these cars is phenomenally yeah. better than the cars we had in the past. So the so the braking points getting into the corners, um, that's going to be something that I think will be interesting. Loose into turn three has been a habitual issue for these cars. It's a, it's a challenge that as a crew chief you worked on all the time was how you got into turn three. Back when back in the old days, it was turn one. Turn but, one, yeah. Um, that that transition down into there and your braking point is going to be so much deeper into the corner now. Uh, I'm waiting to see what happens there, and, and then I would assume it'll be resin applied this weekend uh, out there, and, and how wide the racetrack gets. These, this car, the next gen car, is, has made our racetracks a bunch wider, and um, we widened it out with the resin. I'm, I'm crazy. I'm interested to see how wide how they wide can gets. they can get. I, I think the Harvick line in one and two, right down there on the flat. Uh, you know, see who's who's willing to do that. And how wide it gets up there, and, and, and especially three and four, what we can do with that. So it'll be a pretty interesting race. And one of the previews are our, our finale. So uh, a lot of notes will be taken out of this weekend. Yeah, I mean, it's we it's the first shortish track race. I mean, we and, and we had the Coliseum. We understand that, but it's 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 not the mile and a half, two mile racetrack, and and you know, it's not Martinsville either. But it's yeah, and and I, and I think that's what's interesting. And, and I agree with you. The brake packages on this car that 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 that's going to be a big change for them uh, as they as they navigate around the track. I know. Uh, I know. We were talking to Ryan this weekend at, or this 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 Monday night, and he talked about just braking zones getting into the into pit road at, at the oh, racetracks yeah. we've been to. Said your brake points are way different than they've been. So. Yeah. I can only imagine that that's going to be a big factor coming into Phoenix. Yes, indeed. Going to be good stuff. Motor Racing Network is going to be there all weekend long. We start Friday night, 7.30 Eastern Time. The General Tire 150 for the Arkham Menard Series. We have two broadcasts on Saturday, 1.30 Eastern Time. Cup Series practice right into qualifying. And then at 4 o'clock Eastern Time on Saturday afternoon, the United Rentals 200 for the NASCAR Xfinity Series. And Sunday, 2.30 Eastern Time, the Ruoff Mortgage 500 for the NASCAR Cup Series. All of that on Motor Racing Network. You can go to MRN.com, find your local affiliate. Of course, we're on satellite and various streaming services as well. And you can also set reminders on MRN.com so you know and you're reminded every time Motor Racing Network comes on the air. So going to be fun. Great hanging out today. And uh, we'll look forward to uh, look forward to catching up with you next week here on Crew Call. Yeah, looking forward to it. There we go. He's Todd Gordon. I'm Steve Post. Thanks for joining us here on Crew Call on the Motor Racing Network.